With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. to business here. Chris, what you got to say? Well, I'm here at the Academy Awards, uh, otherwise known as the uh, White People's Choice Awards. Uh, You realize if they nominated hosts, I wouldn't even get this job. (laughs) So y'all be watching Neil Patrick Harris right now. Chris Rock hosted the Academy Awards Sunday, and with this year's awards being dubbed Oscars So White because of the lack of diversity in any major categories, the comedian made quick work of the subject during his opening monologue. You see all these writers and producers and actors? They don't hire black people. And they're the nicest white people on earth. They're liberals. Is Hollywood racist? Hollywood's he joked about how the award show has been updated to include more African-Americans. This year, in the in-memoriam package, it's just going to be black people that were shot by the cops on their way to the movie. And he noted that the diversity problem is not a new issue, but it is only in recent years that African-Americans have been afforded the opportunity to make it a more pressing issue. You know, when, you, when your grandmother's swinging from a tree... It's really hard to care about best documentary foreign short. And while he believes there is a lack of diversity, that didn't stop him from picking on some of the more vocal celebrities. Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I wasn't invited. <laughs> Rock did point out that there is hope on the horizon. Things are changing. Yeah, we got a Black Rocky this year. Yeah, some people call it Creed. I call it Black Rocky. But in the end, he echoed a lot of people's sentiments concerning the changes that need to be made. You know, it's not about boycotting anything. It's just we want opportunity. We want the black actors to get the same opportunities as white actors. That's it. 
let's slide over to UCLA 2015 Ralph Bunch Center on Media and Television. We're here with UCLA social scientist Darnell Hunt and Ana Cristina Ramon to talk about the Bunch Center's 2015 Hollywood Diversity Report, Flipping the Script. So let's begin with the highlights of the report. Well, I think the biggest finding was that um, a lot of what we found in 2014 has been reconfirmed. I mean, we're finding that television shows that reflect American diversity and films that reflect American diversity do better at the box office, TV shows better in terms of ratings. That was an important finding. At the same time, we're finding a large number of cases where there's underrepresentation behind the camera still and in front of the camera. So there is this disconnect between what sells and what Hollywood is doing in terms of business practices. We've also found, regardless of race, because we looked at demographics of the audience, and we found that um, all, all races really want to see diversity on the screen. Across the board, what holds up is that the films are in the sweet spot in terms of diversity. TV shows that are in that sweet spot in terms of diversity, about 30 to 40 percent diverse, um, do the best. Why is it so difficult to get the industry to shift its practices in terms of diverse job opportunities, diverse content, et cetera? Yeah. You know, Hollywood is like this huge, um, I don't know, battleship in the middle of the ocean. It's hard to turn it around. It's a high-risk industry. People want to surround themselves with those with whom they feel comfortable. Uh, nine times out of ten, that's someone who looks like them, another white male. Uh, the feeling is, um, from their perspective, that gives me the best chance of um, being successful with my project. So I think you had this conflict. You have a conflict of interest, really, in a way, between what makes sense from the individual level and what makes sense from the institutional level. From the institutional level, of course, it makes sense um, to reflect the market. But that's not always a rational choice for individuals. So tell us what's changed this year. In 2013, you had 12 Years a Slave. You had Fruitvale Station. You had um, uh, The Butler. You had a number of films that um, were directed by African Americans and starred African Americans. So minorities, because of African Americans, um, you know, made a little progress in terms of leads, uh, directors, writers, that type of thing. But again, it remains to be seen whether this is just uh, a one-time deal because of these films or whether we're going to go back to business as usual. I mean, years ago, of course, Holly Berry and Denzel Washington won for Best Actor in the same year. It wasn't like that was the beginning of a trend. So we'll have to see. Mention 12 Years a Slave. That brings up the Oscars. Last year, 12 Years a Slave, of course, won for Best Picture. This year, Ava DuVernay famously snubbed for Selma. And we had the second Mexican director in a row to win the Best Director Oscar. What impact might all of this have on the industry going forward? Well, I mean, hopefully, um, folks in the industry will begin to see that people with diverse experiences and viewpoints are viable as talent to run these major films. Unfortunately, in both cases, those me Mexican directors were men because what we see among directors is that women are the most underrepresented group. I mean, which is one of the reasons why it was just so um, disheartening that Ava DuVernay wasn't even nominated because you don't typically have women directing films that often. Our data show about 5% of the time. And to have one um, direct a film that's nominated for Best Film and the woman director not be nominated is a huge missed opportunity. Not only a woman, but a woman of color, which is even rarer. So. You know, that, that, was, that was troubling, but at the same time, somewhat reflective of the Academy, which is, you know, 90-something uh, percent white, 70-something percent male, and average age 63. 
Um, and also, I think another difference is that um, those directors are Mexican, um, of Mexican origin. So they're, they actually um, grew up in Mexico, so they didn't grow up in, in the U.S. And so it's like a, it's a different international perspective um, of those directors and, and the way that they got into the business and into Hollywood. So what will it take for there to be a shift in the culture that's sustainable as opposed to just a momentary blip? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it really will take um, interventions on every front. And this is a point we make in the report. I mean, there's no magic bullet. It's not like, well, if only the studios will do this. Uh, it really is going to involve the studios, um, the networks and TV, obviously, um, the academies, because of, you know, the way they bestow uh, recognition on certain types of projects. Their membership needs to be overhauled. Um, the talent agencies, they need to overhaul their, their rosters and their agents in terms of diversity. Um, there, there's enough blame to go around, and, and, and I think that on every level, um, stakeholders in the industry are going to have to figure out ways to get involved and be part of the solution as, a, as opposed to part of the problem. While our research is um, definitely 100% independent, um, we want to work with the industry to effect change. So we don't want to just be sitting in our ivory tower <laughs> and you know releasing these reports. We want to be able to um, work and consult and discuss our findings with the industry executives and find ways that they can actually then um, change. We don't want them to see diversity as a burden or a moral obligation. We want them to see it as a business imperative. And we want to have the data necessary to show the linkages between diversity and the bottom line. And I think that's what the study is doing. I think it is changing the conversation. I mean, everywhere we go now, people are saying, oh, yes, I, I read your study, I heard about it, and I'm looking forward to the next installment. And that's, that's the, I think, the impact that we're trying to create. I'm not saying anything yet. I'm holding back. I'm holding off, holding off. Let's see what Bill Maher got to say. But no, yet, we got to talk about my Asian brothers and sisters because, you know, they're not getting no love in this whole debate here in terms of diversity. Because, you know, I was just wondering, it's, it just doesn't seem to be – got to hold off. I'm not going to say anything yet. We want to talk about the business side of, uh, of, of Hollywood and diversity, what have you. Let's hear what – first, let's go to Matt Damon when he had Ify Brown on the Project Greenlight show, that infamous episode. Um, Matt? I just want to bring up something. I just would want to urge people to think about whoever this director is, the way that they're going to treat the character of Harmony – the, her being a prostitute, the only black person being a hooker who gets hit by her white pimp. You have you looking at this group right here and who you're picking and the story that you're doing. And I just want to make sure that we're doing our, I will our best I would say that the forward. only team that's left with diversity is the team that announced that they like this script the most as it is. And that's Leo and Kristen. Everyone else had major problems and with I, but it. And with it exactly enough. the things that you're bringing up and exactly the things that we brought up to each other, so I, so I think on the surface, they mm -hmm. look like one thing, but they <laughs> might end up giving us True something ethic. that we don't want. And when we're talking about diversity, you do it in the casting of the film, not in the casting of the show. Whew. Wow. Wow. Okay. Do you want <laughs> to be the best it, director? Epic. You know what I mean? I'm not mad, but hang on. I'm holding back. With love in my heart, even Leo and Kristen talked about, and we can roll it back, he said it was good having her because she has a different perspective that he wouldn't have even have thought about when talking about women. They did talk about it. Right. Well, uh, that's that's I, totally I, fair. So, uh, you know, I have a problem with Harmony. Everybody does. In the room, I have a big does. problem with And it, I don't look to just them to fix that, to be honest. I think we also have oh, okay. work to do, and then they will so do it too, but I'm not... Mm -hmm. You're right. That is something we have to think about. I'm glad Effie 
flag the issue of diversity uh, for all of us because filmmaking should throw a broader net and it's high time for that to change. But ultimately, if suddenly you change the rules of this competition at the 11th hour, it just seems like you would undermine um, what the competition was supposed to be about, which is about giving somebody this job based entirely on merit and and leaving all other factors out of it. It's just strictly a filmmaking competition. I think the whole point of this thing is you go for the best director, period. This is what we have, and this is what we have to choose, and the only thing I can go by is the work that they've done. Mm -hmm. That was so kind of Matt Damon, since the entire panel was Anglo, except for Sister Efi. I actually applied for a job with her years ago when I first came to L.A. She's one of the coolest, realest people. I'm going to tell you straight up. I've met her. And I still remember the interview. She was one of the nicest people. We had a nice conversation about Hollywood. But let's go back to, uh, to 1988 when Eddie Murphy spoke on this issue. At first, when they uh, came to me and they said they wanted me to uh, present the award for Best Picture, my management came and they told me that the Academy had picked me. And my first reaction was to say, no, I ain't going. And I said, my manager said, but why? I have a white manager said, but why? And I said, uh, <laughs> I said, I'm not going because they haven't recognized black people in the motion picture. He said, what are you talking about? Black people won Oscars. I said, well, black actors and actresses that won Oscars throughout 60 years was like, uh, I think, um, Hattie McDaniels won the first one, then um, Sidney Poitier won one, and Lou Gossett won one. And I'll probably never win an Oscar for saying this, but hey, what the hey, I gotta say it. Um, actually, I might not be in any trouble because the way it's been going is about every 20 years we get one, so we ain't due for about, to about 2004, so... <laughs> By that time, this was all blown over. I said I wasn't going. My man said, you just have to go. You can't snub the Academy. So I came down here to do, give the award. I said, but I just feel that we have to be recognized as a people. I just want you to know I'm going to give this award, but black people will not ride the caboose of society, and we will not bring up the rear anymore, and I want you to recognize us. He said, well, fine. It's done. I said, no, when do I have to be? They said, well, you don't have to get there until about 9 or 10 because it's the last award of the evening. So <laughs> I didn't hear that. 1988, and, was Eddie Murphy. and I mean, was Eddie Murphy, big Eddie Murphy. So he's saying it's back in 1988, but I'm not. I'm, I'm still holding back, still holding back. Let's hear what Bill Maher have to say about this. Get to oh, they know me, that's for sure. He's talking with Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> Before we get to you and what we're playing, a problem. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's not a problem if you can still function. That's what I say. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. Uh, uh, let's talk about the Oscars because you were the host of the Oscars. I, yeah. I don't, I don't remember uh, that that year. Was that? Oh, was I, that? I do vividly. It was very funny. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't get that the fact that Hollywood is so liberal that uh, someone was just hissing there at a joke that was supportive of black people just because we mentioned black. See, they. It's not about. A, 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 yeah. It's just about you mention race. It used to be like you yeah. actually make a racist joke. Yeah. Now you just yeah. something to do with race, and some people hiss. Yeah, that's that's the way things are. That's, yeah, that's we, we've well, you know. I mean, was it Ricky Gervais's Caitlyn Jenner joke? Was it transphobic or what or was not? the joke? Uh, it was it was something about the the car accident. Oh yeah. Was right. it not right? Yes, right. And there was a lot of flap about it. Like this is right. a transphobic. When the content, was, you know, I'm 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 not weighing in on whether the the joke was funny or not, but right. Um, you know, it's it's it is. There are certain buzzwords that are are uh, instantaneous. They give you a knee jerk reaction. And, and you're so lucky that you do cartoons because the things you get away with cartoons. I'm so jealous of. I'm just. <laughs> you're, the first, you're the first person ever to tell me that. Oh please. <laughs> 
I was watching. You're so lucky you do cartoons. You ju I saw your show. It was, no, it was a repeat, I know, but it was... That's uh, what Jack Nicholson says to me, too. What? You're so lucky you do cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> Why does he say Joke that? Joke being, most of us in cartoons I like see. to... Anyway. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but uh, Jesus uh, was fucking Excuse Peter's wife. Yeah. And not only was Jesus fucking uh, Peter's wife, but it was a scam. He was fucking a lot of people's wives. <laughs> yeah. And okay, this was your Christmas me, show. But... Right. But anyway, so my meandering here, uh, <laughs> the Oscars, uh, the, the biggest liberals in the world live in this town yeah. and are picking the Oscars. People who said, Academy members who said they did not see 12 Years a Slave still voted for it because they just knew it was the best picture or should be yeah why is there this problem i i you would have to conduct an in-depth investigation is it a problem right. with the academy is it a problem that that people aren't seeing the movies and they're saying oh i know this person i know that film oh this guy's white too you know is it is it that right. Right. Is it is it conscious? Is it subconscious? Is it a problem with the industry at large that there's there's just not enough diversity, which is is a criticism that's often leveled against Hollywood? I, I, I don't. It's, everything is speculation. I don't know. You, you, well, have to be a part of it is, and and this is the dirty little secret is that most movies are made now with an eye to the foreign market. Well, that's true. Yeah. And Asians really are racist. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike you, for instance, right? I'm racist. You just said they're racist. That makes you racist. You're going to soak a ton of outrage now. Well, no, I'm just honest. <laughs> but they are. I mean, they are. They don't. They don't want to see black people generally in their movies. So that's and 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 you know the Hollywood executives are like, we're not racist. We just have to pretend we're racist because we're capitalists. <laughs> we want to sell our movie in China, so they don't like Kevin Hart. It's 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 tricky because it's a liberal town, but it's still right. a business. So again, I I don't I don't know. I mean, it's I, I there would have to be a real breakdown of what the factors are. It, otherwise, right. we're just so uh, your album number. They were talking about Asian, our Asian brothers and sisters, and I always don't like the fact that they're left out of the conversation along with the Latinos and natives, uh, Native Americans, what have you. And but I'm still holding back. I'm not going to say anything yet. I, we gotta get. Some, we have to find what's going on with the Asian market. Because someone did say it is a business. So what kind of business is this? But we have to have all voices here. We have to. So hold on for, for one second. For 50 years, East-West Players has been a refuge for Asian American actors, who oftentimes have few legitimate opportunities, especially in Hollywood. There's still a lot of auditions I go out for where they're like, "We'd like you to have a Chinese accent." One out of six doctors in the United States is Asian. Why don't you see that? In TV. Minorities aren't being seen enough in Hollywood, a fact that was made glaringly obvious by this year's all-white Oscar nominations in all four major acting categories. Many blame the demographics of the Academy. Of the more than 6,000 members, 94% are white and 77% are male. Others point the finger at the studios who are in control of green lighting all projects. And the numbers don't lie. Minority representation in movies, especially Asians, is very low. According to a new study by the University of California, of the 109 films surveyed over the course of 2014 and 2015, 55 movies had no Asian characters. Not only is it frustrating that Asian Americans are invisible in motion pictures, even when they're making a movie based on 
a real-life story about Asian Americans or on a property that was about Asian Americans, they often cast white actors in their place. Case in point, 21, a film based on the true story of six MIT students that scammed Las Vegas for millions in winnings. In real life, most of the students were Asian, but in the movie, nearly all are white, including the main protagonist. Television is doing a slightly better job in pushing the diversity envelope. Fresh off the boat, the first Asian sitcom in 21 years is a hit with viewers across nearly every ethnic demographic. And in just the past year, two more TV shows with Asian themes and leads premiered. Dr. Ken, starring comedian Ken Jeong, and Quantico, led by Indian actress Priyanka Chopra. Sophie Watts is president of SGX Entertainment, a two-year-old film and television studio with strong Chinese partners, including the Huayi brothers. SGX is determined to break the narrow, traditional Hollywood mold by not only meeting the needs of global audiences, but also promoting diversity from the inside. It is our corporate responsibility to then say, not only on screen, but the people who feed that content, the people who are building that content, are you actively recruiting a diverse group of people who are able and are naturally inclined uh, with no unconscious bias to actually build, to build content, to put on screen content uh, that's indicative of that. STX Entertainment, however, is just one studio in a sea of giant tanker ships that are very slow to change direction. But perhaps the Oscar So White movement is a big enough wave to push Hollywood in a new, more diverse direction. Mainly CCTV, Los Angeles. Everybody wants to talk about the business, so let's talk about the business of Hollywood. Move is another way to tap into China's rapidly multiplying cinema audience. Box office totals are second only to the United States, but China is catching up and catching up fast. Not only that, there's now a push to bring more Chinese-made movies to American audiences. CCTV's Mei Li takes a look at the China-Hollywood connection. For Hollywood, China is the goose that's laying a steady stream of golden eggs. Currently, China is the second largest box office in the world, but it's expected to surpass the U.S. by as early as 2018. The old days, if you opened a film in the U.S. and you did good box office in the U.S., that's all you needed to worry about. And now most of these big, especially the big tentpole, the big event movies, they're making three quarters roughly of their uh, box office overseas. And that's crucial to a studio's bottom line, especially when a big budget movie has less than stellar results domestically. The most recent Terminator sequel, Genesis, featuring the return of Arnold Schwarzenegger, is the latest example. The film cost $155 million, but pulled in less than $90 million at the U.S. box office. But in China, Genesis raked in more than $100 million. I'll be back. What? But it's not just about ticket sales in China. Hollywood films are also getting Chinese money to fund projects. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation was partially funded by Alibaba. That growing influence in the Chinese market has some in Hollywood concerned. To get that stamp of approval from the Chinese government, I'd like, I'd like to say that American filmmakers are going to stand strong by their principles and never uh, bend. But if they think they can get into that Chinese market and they have to make a few alterations, I think they will alter the content. Case in point, Transformers Age of Extinction, which U.S. critics panned for its overt Chinese themes. But the strategy worked. 
It's one of the highest grossing films of all time in China. I think we just found a transformer. But sometimes it's too little too late. World War Z starring Brad Pitt was shut out of the Chinese market despite taking out a line suggesting the zombie apocalypse started in China. There's now a growing trend to turn that one-way street into a two-way exchange. Chinese filmmakers are looking to make more content for export. A project that's getting a lot of buzz right now is a film based on the Chinese fable, The Monkey King. The live-action film will be a Chinese-U.S. production using talent from both sides of the Pacific. The East-West movement could be the difference Chinese filmmakers are hoping for, as well as Asian actors who have yet to break through the Hollywood glass ceiling. Our story is organic. It's not just in order to put a diversity into the film, you put an Asian for a small role, say a few words. No, our story is, you know, it, it, it came from our experiences. And as long as Chinese cinema continues its explosive growth, those experiences will have a very good chance at making it onto silver screens worldwide. May Lee, CCTV, Los Angeles. I wanted to hold off a little while. Um, what I wanted to do was a little different, was not really give my opinion on this whole group of diversity. I may give my thoughts, which isn't really my opinion. Believe me, there's a difference according to my students when I hear me in class. But I really wanted to hear, uh, wanted you to hear the narrative that's being set out there from Chris. Eddie said it back in 88. Our Asian brothers and sisters. What stood out kind of very ironically was the UCLA post where the gentleman was talking. And he's very renowned, very into the, the, the game of, of the business, what have you, and the sister, our Latina, that was working with him on the interview as well, very knowledgeable about the game. Yet what kind of stood out was, you know, when they talk about uh, Sister Ava, who's, the, who's really doing the business in the game right now with what her endeavors, Flint, have to give a shout out for that. I think it was a benefit, it was called a benefit for Flint, what have you, if I got that right. But the thing that stood out was when he talked about, well, you know, it was nominated for Best Picture, but she wasn't nominated for Best Director, and the Hollywood, the Hollywood kind of like missed the golden opportunity. Well, that's not something that hasn't happened before. That's happened quite often where you've had best picture and not, you know, if I recall correctly, I could be wrong, but in my viewing of the Academy Award over the last couple of years and articles and interviews and when the nominees come out, there's oftentimes where the best picture and director has not been named nominated at the same time. Now, if it hasn't, then I mean, I'm wrong, but I'm going by what I remember. Some recall some date, one year when it, 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 it didn't happen or what have you, either way. It doesn't make a difference. There's best pictures that get nominated. Scorsese didn't get a get, didn't get a nom you know he didn't get a director for how long until I believe he did uh, the Departed or I'll call it correctly. Um, the the part where the young the the, the his colleague had mentioned that the directors from Mexico well you know they're Mexican and they're men so their role was different. Well, I know a lot of actors in the game, a lot of act actresses in the game, a lot of talent in the game who are Latino who've come from Mexico who are from here who are still struggling. And I think it's a disservice to make it seem like as though, well, you know, they had a different path because they're coming from Mexico and stuff like that. There's the same brother who last year, I cannot promise his name, he directed The Revenant, uh, The Revenant and Gravity. But he mentioned last year when he gave a shout out to uh, hopefully the people of Mexico get a government they deserve. Where was the outcry when he said that? There was among the Latino people, especially the political party in Mexico, what, you know, along those lines. But yet conversely, why are we going to disavow his struggle? How do we know his role wasn't cha wasn't challenged? Uh, the director of Evil Dead, he I believe was in Argentina, Peru, Bolivia. I believe it was Bolivia. Did a, he did a science fiction short about aliens attacking uh, Bolivia, and because of that, he submitted on YouTube on Friday. By Monday morning, his mailbox was full and was packed. And it, was, it, was, it was like uh, actually was I believe full to capacity. Was that possible on, 
on uh, YouTube. I don't know how much mail can hold. And by that, um, the gentleman who escaped me uh, hired him to do Evil, uh, Evil, Evil Dead. Because a lot of these studios, they have whole departments. Their only job is to find talent out there on, online, on YouTube, Vimeo, um, Vine, even Vine and you know, Instagram, whatever, all uh, those media outlets. So are we going to knock him and say, well, he lives in Bolivia, what have you? The diversity conversation is very interesting to me because it just seems it's very exclusive to anybody else. You heard Brother Chris talk about the Academy Awards, and I was looking at a lot of posts during the Academy Awards when Brother Chris was talking, and a lot of my Asian friends, a lot of my Latino friends, a lot of my Native friends were saying, well, what about us? They're not saying that Chris's role to speak for everybody, but it would have been nice for Chris to speak for, for more than just Black people. It's not just a Black-white issue or anything like that. And I'm not going to not, you know, I'm not going to say black folks need opportunities when we see, when I've seen a plethora, uh, just so much media out there by the brothers and sisters who are doing the do in the shadows and they're getting love. The people that did Pariah, the people that did love, the people that did uh, something new, the people that did, uh, look at Blade. I mean, I think it goes to what a friend of mine said, and we're going to go a little beyond time this, uh, this year, what have you. But I think it goes to what my friend um, AJ said some time ago is that when we were talking about when the sister, not, not from Scandal, um, the one, it just gave me this moment, uh, how the gay was murdered. Viola Davis was making a comment about the role she's been offered, but, you know, the role she's had to take. But AJ felt that, well, you know, they're not complaining about the roles they're not getting. They're complaining about the roles that are paying $5 million. Those roles are the ones they're talking about. So when we come to that aspect, is that the true issue? Do you want the opportunity to be in that diversion in the Star Wars? Oh, yeah, there was a brother in Star Wars, uh, John Boyega. And a lot of the black folks crucified the brother. I mean, they really want to lynch the guy. I mean, the comments that were being made about him, they yeah, would turn around and say that Idris Alba should have got a nomination for Beast of a Nation. Well, why? He's playing a warlord who's involved with child soldiers. And for me, that's nothing I want to give an award to. I mean, these are the same people who are crucifying Denzel Washington for finally winning for training day and didn't win for Malcolm X. So the thing for me is, if the diversity conversation is going to be about true diversity, then it has, we have to also acknowledge the people who are doing things in the business, Black, Latino, whatever. And a lot of these people who are getting 15, 10, 30, 15, you know, $20 million a movie, or they're getting $10 million a movie, and they're getting back in, why are they not supporting other movies that they want to see? Will Smith was mad that he didn't get nominated for concussion, well, I, I recall that Will Smith lost to Forrest Whitaker back in the day for when Walls, um, Forrest Whitaker won for Last King of Scotland. But what was the outright for diversity when, when, when all the Africans are saying, wait a minute, I'll, why is Forrest Whitaker playing this character? Why is the young sister from our Dream Girls, whose name escapes me, she went on a American Idol or whatever, is playing Winnie Mandela? Where's all these conversations coming from? So that's why sometimes I wonder if the diversity is just, you know, the conversation about Black American brothers and sisters who fail, it should just be for them. But what about everybody else? You know, so the thing is, for me, is I don't want the conversation to go along the lines that the Latino immigration advocates, the mistake they made. And I'm only specifically talking about them, because when it comes to immigration movement, all you would see is, uh, is Latinos. And then when it came to speaking to people about immigration, all you would see was Latinos. Now we're talking about diversity. All you've seen is black people. All you've seen is like, it's like, you know, Black History Month. Wait, got to get some black folks out of the closet for like 29 days or 28 days, let's talk about it and then put it back in the closet. If it's going to be a true, if it's going to be a true conversation about diversity, then we have to ask what kind of diversity are we talking about? And what we have to be honest about why the question is being asked. Because again, there's so, 
There's hundreds and thousands of great indie films out there. I look on Netflix made by black folks. I don't see anybody in, make, you know, we'll say black Hollywood, you know, making a lot of money supporting those movies. I don't see them going down and, hey, let's produce this. Devil have Devil, uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, great film. Brother Don uh, Cheeto, uh, Brother Denzel Washington. There, there's not enough money being made by a lot of these superstars in Hollywood to continue that series. Walter Mosley, Octavia Butler, they don't have products out there that a lot of these folks can't produce. And I also feel a lot of folks crying for diversity and all that kind of stuff. They overlook the people who are writing science fiction that are black folks, Asian folks, Latino folks, and what have you. I'm not interested in the criticism of Zoe Zaldana and Nina Simone when the IP was there for a long time. Jackie Robinson was there for a long time. Ray was there for a long time. People have more, they can walk down and say, hey, look, I, brother, I'm sorry, Sister Ava, she got the rights to do Selma. She made it possible. So why is it that where's all that money that can go to these other projects? So the thing is, I just feel like it goes back to what Ozzy Davis said back in the day um, in Malcolm, Malcolm X make it plain when he said, Malcolm X made us, made us black people uncomfortable because he made us realize deep down inside we want to be loved by white people. And I think the more we say Hollywood needs to do this, you can't shame somebody into writing a role that's in their world that doesn't exist in their world. If I write a script that's set in Congo, I'm not thinking about the brothers you know, in the United States. I'm thinking about the Congolese. Or if I'm, in, if I'm in Morocco, or if I'm in Bolivia, if I'm in Guatemala, if I'm in China, if I'm in India, we're writing, to our, we're writing the narrative based on our world. I know a lot of people in L.A., in this country, that have never had encounters with black folks unless they had to, which is like driving somewhere or they're working. I'm telling you straight up. But again, look at Emmy the State with Will. The maid in there is Latina. So... We, we, you can't make $10, $15 million a picture and then turn around and say you're not getting the opportunity. My thing is I'd rather support those indies, elevate those indies, bring the style power to those indies who are doing great things in the shadows, not getting the love from black folks. ABFF is doing some stuff. Tyler's doing some stuff with Oprah. If you want to criticize him, but he's doing some stuff. So my thing is what kind of diversity are people talking about? Okay, you want to get the option to, to be in a science fiction film? John Boyega was in it. What happened? Folks want to crucify him. You want young ladies to be in science fiction film, whatever? Twilight, Hunger Games, Diversion, all that kind of stuff. Among all the black creators or melanin creators I know out there, I find it hard to believe that not one, not one, doesn't have a great idea that somebody with money should produce and would make a great project, i.e. Uh, hardware over at Milestone. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to end it there. I just wanted you to hear different narratives from media, not my thoughts, until the end. And you can make your own decision. And we're definitely going to do a part two. I want to get some folks on the line, a little conference call, and I want you all to chime in. Side case of the Binga, live and direct, coming from California. I hear the police coming, so it's time for me to be gone. I'm out.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.